It's the Paddlewoo Podcast. Dedicated to high-performance stand-up paddle surfing. Our mission is to debrief the visionaries, innovators, and athletes leading the charge to define paddle-enhanced surfing. And here's your host, Eric Antonsen. Hey there, Paddlewoo fans. This is Eric, your host of the Paddlewoo Podcast. I have not been as fired up for a show as I am about today's guest. One of the reasons that I wanted to start this podcast was to have the opportunity to talk to athletes that are changing the way that future generations will see waves. And I believe that when we look back, Mo Freitas will be at the top of that list of athletes. Pat Rawson, the legendary shaper, who is our first episode on the Paddleboo podcast. If you have not listened to that, it is a very good technical insight into where boards are headed. But Pat Rawson compared Mo to current, and he used the word icon when describing him. This is Pat Rawson, who's worked with everyone in the surfing world and worked with icons. If you watch Mo's videos, which he produces and edits himself, you understand what I'm talking about. From gracefully shredding small right point breaks to surfing pipe, Mo surfs incredible. And that is what this podcast and our idea here is all about. It's surfing. It's surfing first, folks. I believe that paddle surfing 80% of the time is the best way to enter a lineup. It shouldn't take away from surfing, it should enhance it. Mo is one of those guys showing the rest of us what is going to be the norm in five to 10 years. He is a window into the future. And today on the podcast, we get to know where he came from and where he sees the sport going. And after talking to Mo extensively doing the show, I can tell you the sport is in good hands. Today's episode is brought to you by us, Paddlewoo. Paddlewoo just launched some t-shirts. Uh, our first shirt on the front says Paddlewoo, and then on the back says not afraid to stand alone, and it's got a silhouette of a paddle surfer by himself in the lineup. Uh, we all know that feeling when you're the only guy out on a sup, and it takes a bit of courage to, to be that guy out in a crowded lineup on a sup. It's kind of trailblazing right now what a lot of you guys are doing. So we decided to celebrate it and put it on a shirt. Head over to paddlewoo.com, P-A-D-D-L-E-W-O-O.com and check out the design and order your shirt and help support the podcast. We appreciate it. And without further ado, Mo Freitas. Mo Freitas, thank you very much for being on the Paddlewoo podcast. Super stoked to oh have you on God, the show. Thank you. thank you so much. Yeah, man. And to, to start off with, why don't you just give us a little bio history uh, how you got into surfing, how you got into stand-up, and then we can jump yeah. into some of the fun topics. For sure. So um, I um, grew up in um, Hawaii, on Oahu, and on the North Shore, and um, I grew up as a short border and a long, long border, and just did do really anything in the ocean. I loved, I loved to fish, I loved to dive, I loved skating, and I just loved being active, and I loved trying new things, and so... That's how I kind of started, and um, I got into shortboarding, competitive surfing when I was about, you know, seven to eight years old. I started doing Manahumi surf contests right in Oliva, and, um, and that that brought me to NSSAs and then to Chasas and so forth, and um, and I kind of got myself familiarized with um, with competition surfing on a shortboard um, pretty early in my life, and. And then that was kind of a, the first step that had been taken into the 
into the ocean, really. So, but um, yeah. Cool. And then, when did you hop on a stand-up for the first time? So when I was younger, I um, I would paddle for my canoe. I would paddle for a team, and I had a canoe paddle. And my dad had made um made a like a longboard style shape, but a little bigger and a little thicker. And when I was younger, I used to stand up on the longboard in the river that we live that we live on, and I used to paddle my canoe paddle on the longboard. And I didn't I didn't know you know that the sport was was gonna be what it is today. I had no idea. I was just doing it because I liked it and thought it was fun. And, at that yeah. time in Hawaii, were other people already on stand-ups, or were you kind of a pioneer there, first first kid in the river on a stand-up? Um, I wouldn't say a pioneer because <laughs> the Hawaiians came up with it, you know. So uh-huh. I was just kind of one doing it. But I guess I was, I guess I could. Well, I was pretty young when I started doing it, so I, and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of people um, making stand-ups. The only person I really knew of was Kyle Surf Hawaii, and there was only you know Blaine Chambers that was making boards in Hawaii and. Very, very few. There's only like five guys that I that I could think of that did it in the ways and whatnot. And nice. Well, so today it's it's pretty epic to talk to you today because you had a pretty big day yesterday, a pretty big weekend. Yeah. Congratulations, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was such a great great time coming down to Idaho. I never would have thought I would be surfing this far away from the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> So, so for folks yeah. who don't know, Mo Freitas won the Payette River Games over the weekend, which was a massive contest, um, a race in the river, Whitewater. Um, how did that correlate to surfing? Uh, it looked like surfers did very well in the event. Yeah. So I guess the idea behind um, the surfers doing well, or the, the concept, was, well, we use, we use a lot smaller boards when we're surfing, and um, the river... It, it's all about current and there's a lot of white water and the surfing you know we're always traveling to different places we're always experiencing different currents different reefs different white waters you know heavier ones you know not not as mild ones and so i guess we kind of get used to that balance and we get used to riding such small boards that when we get on an inflatable or when we get on a 31 32 inch wide board it feels like a yoga mat, and so when we're going through that whitewash, it's it's not that it's not you know it's difficult, but it's not we're kind of you know used to it. Gotcha. You did epic. Zane yeah. and Sean all looked like you guys finished real high with you having yeah. been there. Yeah, all the surfer boys, all the guys that I travel with the tour events, we we're in the finals, and, and yeah, pretty super stoked from you know coming as a surfer to saying that the surfers did good. Nice, man. Well, congratulations on that. Um, I appreciate it. So when did you make the move from shortboarding? You said you were into the shortboard contest scene into dedicating yourself to stand-up. How much is shortboarding still a part of your life now? Yeah, so, you know, shortboarding was um, was really what I was, was focusing on when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12. I wanted to become a pro surfer and all that. And then by, like, 13, I was really into longboarding and then, I kind of just stuck with longboarding, and then I started started paddling on the river. And then I did a I did a race back home called the the Hui Race on the Fourth of July. I think every single person in Hawaii will will do that. Everyone that does a water sport will do that race. Do it on a longboard. Do it with your dogs. Do it as like as many people as you can fit on a board. And it's just just a really fun day. And I did that race, and I didn't do that bad. And so. 
kind of was like, oh, I'm like, I, I, I kind of like this racing stuff. And I kind of was like, you know, I, I looked into it and I was like trying to look at, see if there was more races and whatnot. And, you know, come to be, I found out that there was a, a world tour going on. And I was like, oh, like surfing, surfing the stand-ups, like never would have, you know, thought of that. But like, so now I was like, oh, I'll just give it a try. And, you know, not bad at it. And people were saying how, you know, how I was pretty good at it. And when that came around, I, I noticed on, on the world tour that there was a stop in Big Island when it was still down there. Um, there was an event. And so my dad signed me up for the event. I had an 8 8 by 28 longboard style paddleboard. It was my first paddleboard. And I went to Big Island and I was 14, no, 13 at the moment. And I, I made it all the way through tri trials. I made the finals in the trials, and I I I made in one heat in the main event in Big Island, and that was kind of like that was the first step. And um, this is you know this is really cool. This is kind of what you know I love this. Did you know right <laughs> so away that, that you loved the sport? Oh, absolutely! I fell in love with the surfing part of it real quick, and that's when you know I was that's when I seen Zane and and. Um, Kai Lenny and Sean and you know Dave Coleman and all those guys they were surfing those were like it's like holy moly these guys are good like that, that was the year Zane won the event and it, it was funny because that the, the smallest board that everyone was riding was a was 8 <laughs> and um and yeah Kai and the men had an amazing final they were like doing like a you know like half an inch air over the lip and that was like a 10 you know and now you look at it now, and it's we're doing air reverses on them. Come a long way. Yeah. But yeah, from that event, I was pretty locked with it. And so, at that point, did you just decide to focus directly on sup, or did you still did you still focus on shortboarding too, and still do shortboard contests? Well, well, at that point, I was still focused on um, events. Like I was mainly doing longboarding, but from then on, I was you know I linked up actually in Big Island after at that event with. Um, with Imagine, my first board sponsor, and that's, you know, that was my first sponsor ever for any kind of water sport. So <laughs> In your first event you know, I, of stand-up, you got your first sponsor. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I got sponsored by a board company that was for stand-up paddling, and I was like, huh, you know, I guess that means I'm not that bad. So I kept on continuing with with it, and, and from Imagine, I got introduced to Body Gloves, and then that's when, you know, things kind of got more serious and dad was, you know, like saying, hey, this is, you know, this is a door opening for you. You know, this is pretty big. You know, you got, this is Body Glove we're talking about. It's, it's, it's a huge company. So, and, you know, I'm involved with it for, for this super new sport. And that was kind of when I was focusing. I ended up finding myself searching my spam up more than I was my shortboard. Gotcha. When did you meet Pat Rawson? When did he come into the picture? So, Pat Rawson was, um, so then Body Love um, and Imagine had split, um, and I had the choice of picking one, and I picked Body Glove. And Body Glove had picked up a new board, a new board manufacturer, and it was Focus. And then, you know, I, I obviously got with Focus because from Body Glove to do like a package kind of thing and and then from there I, I met up with you know Pat Rawson and 
and that's who, who I'm working with now. And from the beginning, I guess, you know, he's been helping me become what I am today and design such the boards that we were. Mainly is kind of my dad that has really brought the, to me, was the, the guy who had really stepped, you know, brought my board down to the limit because he kept on saying, you know, when everyone was writing the, the eight, eight bigger boards, my dad was the one who was like, you know, let's let's make a eight oh. And then when everyone started going eight O's, my dad had made you know, came up with the idea of coming with a seven four and I gave mainly all the props to my dad and and then from there you know, Pat Rossing with his skills in making boards and my dad's ideas, you know, them two joined together and they made a super sick board. And that's that's where I guess it all started with the the no handle, I guess you'd say. Yeah. I think when people look back on our sport, they're going to look at your surfing and the boards, the idea of doing the smaller boards and, and the boards that Pat's making as kind of a turning point into showcasing what's possible on a stand-up. Because really, and I've said this on the podcast before, and you're the first guy who's really throwing down legitimate rail turns on stand-ups. Yeah. There's other people that are doing it, but I mean, you're doing just ridiculous rail turns that anyone would be proud to do on a shortboard, right? And yeah. I think that's going to, I think it's, there's kind of a defining moment happening there, um, which I think is cool. And, and uh, so props for, for doing that. I think it's really neat. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and on that topic, where do you think the sport is headed? I mean, in five years, what do you see people doing? I mean, how, how much farther can we take it? Are we at the bottom of volume right now? Are you riding the smallest board that you can ride? Or can that go farther? Is the performance curve on stand-up leveling out now, and we're just going to get better at kind of where you are, just refine the skills, or is still is there still a lot of progression and these big leaps to be taken? Oh, I think there's so much more progression that could be going down, and where that is going down, you, especially like board-wise, I've I've gone down to my limit. I tried going down to a six ten by, I think it was twenty three or you know twenty almost twenty three, and I used that board for a while and. That was amazing, um, and then we we went down to a limit, I guess, so we could find out where my match was, and then we started working our way up. But for boards, I think I found my limit. But for performance, um, I don't think it'll ever stop growing. If you look at shortboarding and how long it's been going on, it's you know people have said is it at its point or is it at its peak? Is is there can there be stuff? Is there going to be things that have you know that that can't be done and then you look and there's you know I'll be throwing down double all loops and Kelly throwing down double air races and, and then John John doing and Matt Miola doing freakishly awesome airs and it's like and you see that and then you, and then you look at stand up and then people are saying that this is the point or this is the peak or trying to put regulations and stuff it's like it's at its baby steps of becoming um, you know of becoming what it could be and so I feel like I don't think anyone should you know I think people should keep on doing what they're doing keep, like keep on making the designs that they're doing keep on trying different things because we haven't found well we have found what works for certain things but I feel like the technology and with all the athletes and the kids coming up I feel like 
everything's just going to keep on getting better. I don't think there's ever going to be a limit to the sport. What do you think about board direction? Do you feel that the boards are always going to stay sort of based on a short board, or do you think that we're going to find some cool new variation of how to disperse 72 liters that you need into a way that surfs better? Are you, are you planning, are you, are you trying out new technologies in that regard, new shapes, new ideas? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at everybody's different designs, you know, you look at Dave Bainey and he's shaping, you know, boards with three fins that set up as a quad shape and has like half of his tail of, of squash and then half of it of pin and, you know, or you look at Ryan Helm that has fins on both sides and I think it's cool that there's so many different ways of surfing, but to me, I feel like performance surfing, you just, you're just going to, yeah, you just blow up a bigger, blow up a shortboard that I think works in the same condition or in the conditions that you want. I feel like if you would just blow it up, it would work the same as a bigger board, you know? So if you have like a, like a 6 that you love a pipe or something, I would just make it into like a 8 that's the same design and it would work the same way, you know? Or if you're like a, you know, a California board that you really like as a short board, you make that into a stand-up and it could, it could work the same way. But yeah, I feel like board direction, it's coming along and there's so many new ideas and it should be cool. What do you think about like Tomo's shapes? Like uh, the, the modern planing hulls, the boards that are pretty parabolic, kind of square noses. Some folks in stand-up are trying to do it right now. Oh, like, like yeah, yeah. Like a magic carpet in a way, kind of nose. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it. Stand up a lot. Kind of looks like a mat. And stand on it. <laughs> so this last season, in talking to Pat, he, ex- he told me that you're starting to get into surfing uh, bigger waves, or maybe you've been surfing bigger waves, but he shaped some boards for you for Himalayas and Jaws. How did the season yeah. go? Pretty cool. Um, I'm focused and Pat, we've been talking about it for a while about making a couple guns for the for the bigger stuff because, I, you know, when you look at big waves and you look at stand-up, it all just ties in um, together. I mean, you're standing up, you can see over, you can, you can't really see over waves, but you can, you know, you can see higher than if you were to be laying down and you can, I, I think a blade, you know, twice twice as much as your hands and you can get into it way earlier. Well, semi, if it's a big enough wave, you're still <laughs> getting in pretty deep. And um, I think it's just a benefit. It's, you know, just as gnarly in the feel. When you look at all those surfing, you know, the guys that are surfing and sometimes they couldn't get into a wave and you think, well, oh, if you had a paddle, you could guarantee get into that and and the board size doesn't really matter because it's a huge freaking board that you're riding anyway and you could stand on it. Um, so I just, I have a pad of shade me a 10, 10, 6 and a 10, 4. One's 22 and the other's 23. And I use both of them as paddle boards and as stand ups. But they're, they're flawless. Do you feel more comfortable with a paddle in Big Surf or without a paddle in Big Surf when you're actually surfing? Definitely, um, I feel more comfortable with a paddle just because it's something, and it's like a balance. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a balancing tool for, for bigger surf. I mean, if you you can get way lower, um, say on a bottom turn, because you have more more of a, 
more of something to lean on when you're doing a bottom turn under like, you know, 40 foot lift and, and you're going as fast as you would be without a paddle, but you have something to lean on and you can take extra strokes to get more speed. And I feel like surfing with a paddle for big waves is definitely a help. And I feel like a lot of pe- a lot more people are going to take this, um, take stand up for big waves to their advantage. It seems to be a more efficient, one of, one of the things that I always talk about and that I truly believe is that, you know, I, I think, I don't know if you're the same way, but I'm, I'm a surfer first and I happen to enjoy stand up more than other aspects of surfing, but I generally always pick the board for the conditions. And I do think that in, in those really big waves, uh, you, you have an advantage and you're more efficient in the water with a paddle. Yeah. I mean, you definitely weigh faster and way more alert with, with that because you can, like I said, you can see everything way earlier. You can get into it way earlier. So it's definitely to your advantage. What's the worst wipeout you've taken out there? How bad was it? Um, worst wipeout? I've had some pretty, pretty bad wipeouts back at um, my house in front of my river at Hammerheads. Is, is that where you're um, surfing in most of your videos? What's, what's the no. wave that you surf in, in? It seems like there's one common wave that you're surfing. It looks like a right setup point. Um, yeah, it's, it's Haleiwa. That's my home spot. That's like where all this, or where I saw all my histories is, is from. And that's my favorite wave. That's the wave I'm most comfortable with. And that's where I can throw down my hardest game and <laughs> play out there. But yeah, I, actually, that wave, if you can take, if you could take like a 10 to 12 foot wipeout at Haleiwa, I feel like you could take, take one anywhere just because that wave is, the way the current moves out there and the way that wave is, it's, it's, it's heavy. It'll, it'll washing machine you down to the ground, hold you down, blind you, like, it'll, yeah, it'll, wave will kill you. <laughs> but, it, yeah, that wave's heavy. So I, I feel like if you could take a beating out of Haliva and you're pretty set, and that's, I guarantee actually that's where my worst wipeouts have been. Is that where you broke your, was it your pelvis that you broke? Fractured? Yeah, I, just recently I did that. But that wasn't from a beating or like a wave beating. That was just from a, a stupid move that I did. I, I came up too early and I just, I kind of blew it. And I, you know, I just fell on my nose and my nose just pierced my, my pelvis and my, my groin. Oh, goodness. Did it actually go, did it actually cut you too? It didn't cut me, but it hit my goods pretty hard, and those were numb. And oh. my, yeah, so I was, that's, that's what I was actually more worried about was, you know, that not working anymore. <laughs> and then I went to the doctor. <laughs> I went to the doctor, and I was like, right away, like, you know, make sure that's, you know, that's okay. And then they were like, yeah, you're all good there, but by the way, you have a fractured pelvis. And I was like, well, bombed, but a little bit relieved. <laughs> yeah. bittersweet yeah yeah like a bit of, yeah exactly oh man yeah. so, so so we've kind of mentioned your videos there i think that maybe not equally as impressive as your surfing but you're you produce all your own videos don't you i do yeah my dad films me surfing a lot of times um and then a lot of times my girlfriend will film me surfing and and then i'll just edit all the clips and i'll you know try to cut them for music and I'm just learning right now. I'm just kind of, I just, that's what I like. 
um, besides surfing, I'm kind of into the, the video, um, videography and editing and all that. So that, that's kind of like, you know, what I'll do for my free time and what I want to do actually for school is a plan B in life. And, but yeah, I'm just learning right now and I just like to, to do that and sponsors like it. So I'm stoked. <laughs> well, as someone who has two videographers, uh, on staff, you do a qu- quite a good job, man. So keep it up. You have a future Thank in that you, yeah. if if you choose to do that. Yeah, for sure, definitely a choice that is going to uh, be on the back of my mind. How do you pick music and your cutaway scenes and and all that? How much time are you spending? Are you filming kind of your in between shots? Yeah. So majority of um, majority of the out of water stuff is my footage. Yeah. So I'll just you know, a lot of times whenever I go on a hike, I'll, I'll go hike with um, my girlfriend and we'll, we'll do some cool footage together and we'll film a lot of stuff that we think is pretty artsy and, and then I'll just put it into the video and put her into the video and, and yeah, I do a lot of the footage too. That's epic. What do you shoot with? I shoot with a GH4. I just bought it um, from my winnings. It shoots 4K and at... 96 frames per second at 1080, which is pretty, wow. pretty sweet. Yeah. That's amazing, man. A little small. Yeah, it's a nice little camera. Love traveling with it. Oh, that's, that's insane. Uh, any new videos dropping soon? Um, yeah. I am actually just, I just came back from Tahiti. Um, I was staying with Noah Janela, and that was pretty cool because he, he has the same camera. So we were doing a ton of adventures and getting tons of super, super cool clips. and and um good waves and and then, yeah and then i journeyed up to um to idaho so that's kind of a lot of content that i want to put together when i get home but majority of the time i like to spend time on my videos just so they're not little you know cheesy ones yeah well it shows man what do you what do you what do you edit in are you using um imovie final cut pro i um i pay monthly for premiere premiere pro with adobe okay yeah pretty great it, it's when you get the hang of it it's definitely a lot easier to edit with and i don't even have not nearly as much time as i could because there's so much stuff you could do with it so I'm just like i said i was just i'm just learning and i'm baby steps with that too and just want to keep growing with it and getting better yeah well that stuff's helpful beneficial no matter what you decide to do in the future so that's cool yeah um all right back to surfing um, let's talk about, we talked about your boards a little bit and give us the dimensions on the boards that you're using in the majority of the contest. Now, does that differ from like a California contest to a Tahiti contest? Give us the rundown. Yeah. So, um, my, my go-to quiver would just be, you know, a couple of seven twos and a seven four and both of them 23, 23 and a half. Um, but that's my main go-to stuff. You know, if I was just to wake up and go surf, I'd grab my 7.4. Um, but then for, you know, bigger stuff, I have a, um, a 7.6 pintail quad and then an 8.0 pintail quad. And those two are like my barrel boards, um, bigger wave boards that really can handle some pretty, pretty good sized stuff. But that's mainly, so my entire quiver is, it goes down to like a, like a 610 for like, you know, choppy waves to a 7.2 to a couple 7.4s to 7.6, 8.0. And then I have my, my 
my tens, my ten four, and my ten six for bigger stuff. Did you say a six ten for choppy waves? Yeah. For choppy. Yeah, it's like a wider. So it's a wider, it's a wider tail. Yeah. Sa- same well, leaders as like your seven two seven fours, just just thicker, same, wider. Same leaders. Yeah, same volume. Um, twenty three. It's just got a weird like a like a got that magic carpet kind of tail. It's like a it's like a swallow, but kind of boxy in a way. It's got these cool channels on the bottom. That's a pretty fun board for like airs and stuff. I used that in Mexico for the when we were filming the SUP movie. Uh huh. Yeah, that movie's epic. Yeah, pretty great. Yeah, pretty incredible. Um, so that was the board that you were surfing there in Mexico. It's a six ten, just a wider, bigger tail. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. What about paddles? Paddles. Right now, I'm using um, for racing and surfing. I'm just I'm using the TSR from Sawyer. Mm-hmm. They got like a they, they're you know they're super cool because they're all handmade in Oregon and they're they're carbon and wood composite. They they fit the wood to make like a like a spear shape, and then they use the, the carbon to make the paddle shape, and that gives it like a super alive feel when you're paddling and I just love the way how alive it feels when you're you know for each stroke you do it feels like you're, you're getting you're moving you know every every stroke and, and that's your surf paddle yeah well my surf paddle I'll use a 90 inch blade and then for my race I'll use like a 95 this is about the same the same setup same setup just different lengths how much flex do you like in your paddle? And have you tried out like the Nash paddles that like the LEs that are just got a ton of flex in them? Do you like that? Um, yeah, actually the new stuff from the Sawyer has got tons of flex and, um, I like it actually. It's good. I was using a really stiff paddle. Um, but now I just, just recently I've been trying this, the flexy stuff and it, it really is less on your shoulders and it, it helps with, you know, a lot of races, especially distance stuff. Gotcha. So that brings me into then racing versus surfing. How do you see the, the two? Define yourself as an athlete. Like, Mo Freitas, what kind of athlete are you? What do you define yourself? It's kind of a strange question. Um, I'm kind of, if, if I got to say, I'd, I'd like to say I'm like an all-around kind of an athlete. I like, I love surfing, um, especially on my free time. I'll go surf. And, but then again, you know, I feel racing is, kind of where it's at you know because that's the whole big thing about um the whole big thing about stand-up is everybody asks is like if it's like in every question that i do or every question if i'm doing an interview that comes up is like the versatility of the sport like you can do it in a lake and a river and i feel like with racing that's where you know the big the big boom is you know but surfing definitely is my background and what i love to do and i just love both of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you do a lot of, how do you train for racing um i train with um really good i like to train back home with um a lot of my older friends i have two guys that i usually train with um roberto lopez and dad back um back home on the north shore and and then i've just recently now been paddling a lot more with Noah and Janela. and um we, we kind of just i'll do some stuff on my river back in the house and and then, you know, once in a while we'll do downwinders and, but yeah, we just kind of try to stay consistent with training and not to, not really try to like not train as much as I would be. You know, 
you know, people say like, oh, this is my offer, aunties, and I'll kind of just, you know, just paddle like I do the whole year just because I like it. Sometimes I'll pull a lure when I train or something and bring a pole or fish on the way or something. So, What's your record fish on a paddleboard? Oh, nothing big. Just, you know, little, like, little papillos and little jacks and stuff. Nice. Do you do, you do any spearfishing too? I love diving, yeah. Especially, um, I've been doing a lot more now because of my pelvis. Um, when I'm swimming, it helps. I feel like it helps a lot with my pelvis because you're spending most of the time kicking and stuff. And it's just, it's so much, it's really peaceful and down there and you're just waiting there for, for the fish to come and come down and you're hearing, you're hearing all the whales and it's definitely, you know, somewhere, somewhere really peaceful. I wish I could spend more time down there. <laughs> Yeah, we get to dive here for about six months of the year, near shore. I live like right on this little bay. And then about oh, six yeah. months of the year, we go to a rainy season, so the water clarity is bad. So I'm just jonesing right now to, to get out there because I was like to surf in the morning and then, and then swim in the afternoon. But right now it's just surfing. Yeah. And it's nice not paying for fresh fish. <laughs> oh, man, it's amazing. Yeah, I can generally pick off one or two fish and just make ceviche for the family every night. We got the limes on the property and the whole thing. It's pretty dope. Oh, so good. Super cool, yeah. Oh, you're making me want to go home already. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so how's the vibe? Speaking of home, how's the vibe in the water for stand-up surfing? How is it for you, and then how is it for someone like me if I just decided one day I want to go over and surf the North Shore on a stand-up? How would that work out for me? You know, I feel like you know, you're talking about respect and stuff. Like, if, it's like anywhere you go in the world. If you show up to anywhere without respect, you know, like locals aren't gonna like it. And it's like, and it's not the board; it's the rider. You know, if you if you go in you're on a longboard or a shortboard, and you have, you know, you're going out there with the intention of getting every single wave, and you're gonna get snapped at. You're gonna, you know, and in Hawaii, you'd even get slapped. You know, it's, it's not like it's not how you do it. It's not how you do it anywhere. So if you show up with respect and you show up like you're going to, you know, with like, hey, I'm just here to get a couple of ways and just here to surf, have fun, you know, talk stories to boys and just have a good time. That's what Hawaiians are all about that, you know, just laugh, smiles, doesn't matter what you're on. So I guess, you, you, you know, anyone could go out to, you know, North Shore and surf it's just you got to know your limits and you got to know your respect and, and yeah, you can surf anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, you've been surfing pipe. I've seen some videos of you out at pipe. How's that vibe? How's that lineup? Um, that's a little more intense. Um, I don't. I feel like not. You, you couldn't just like if you've never been to Hawaii and you could go there with as much respect as you want, but it's kind of hard to get a wave out there just because of the crowd and the boys that live there, you know, you definitely got to, you know, even me, you know, when I go out there, I'll spend three hours in the water and get three waves. So I, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, there's not really much to say about it. You just kind of, the vibe's fine as, as long as you're being respectful, like I said, but yeah, it's pretty intense. How's Especially it? when you're looking over the wave, looking over the edge, and it's like, fuck, I got to go, you know, everyone's watching me, so what's that moment like what's that way of like dropping in at pipe I bet it's you think it's easier on a stand up or, or a lot harder we've got like a Playa Escondida here which is a suck up it's, 
it's not like pipe in any way, shape, or form, but it's this like suck up rock, and it's probably the best spot in Costa Rica, I think. And you can't, you definitely can't surf there on a stand up when it's crowded because it's this one little takeoff spot. But I'll show up like 4.30 in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, and I'll surf and I'll stand up for like 45 minutes, and when it gets crowded, I'll go grab the shortboard and then go back out there with everybody. But it's just a hard yeah. wave to take off on because of the way it's sucking up um, uh-huh. on a stand-up. It just doesn't give you much time to be in the right spot. Is pipe kind of like that too, where it, you've got to right, be right on the dime there? When it's small, it's kind of harder to surf. Um, when it's bigger, it's more, it's a little easier to read, especially because you can see it. It's not like trophy where it just, like, you, you're just like talking and then all of a sudden there's like a 20 footer right in your face. You got to <laughs> drop into like two inch water over there. You can kind of see it coming, you know, it'll break third reef, second reef. And then you can set yourself up. It's a little, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's easier, but it's a little more controlled entrance. Not like when it's small. Right on. Uh, so who inspires you? Who are the people that you model that you look up to and doesn't have to be people that are older than you, but people that inspire you and that you model is as far as in the surf world and then outside of the surf world is kind of life people too. Yeah. Um, a lot of the people that I want to beat inspire me. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the guys on tour, you know, they, they're really, you know, the ones that I look up to Kai's, you know, a pretty big one that I, you know, I respect the guy. He's, he's an amazing person. He's an amazing athlete and definitely someone I, you know, want to surf like. And, but, but yeah, and my friends and my family too. The people that I surround myself with are, you know, obviously the people that I want to kind of be like. And so I, and so I kind of just, you know, try to do my thing, enjoy my, enjoy my life. And right on. Um, through the stand up world tour you've been able to travel and really see the world. What are some of your favorite places? Favorite places first and then, and then favorite waves. Yeah. This, the opportunity I have and what I'm doing at my age, I really, um, beyond. So I just graduated high school and to say I graduated high school and I'm also traveling the world is pretty huge because it is my dream. It is my dream to go to all over the, you know the place and see different different views and different ways and all these different places different foods different people and i just i one first one place that i personally love is the heat i would live there in a heartbeat if i had it set um just because you know everyone down there is such simple living it's the waves are firing all the time and and yeah but then again i also love europe too because because of how um because of the diversity over there it's like it's amazing you know you can see all this new structure and all the super old stuff and how cool it is like all the cobblestones and how the buildings are all connected and I, I like that kind of stuff too but but home is home and i love hawaii and i don't think i'll i'll ever want to live somewhere else i'll always want to go places but i think hawaii is definitely the place that i always want to be yeah um well mo we really appreciate you spending uh, this time, especially today after such a big weekend. I know that you're probably beat and, and it was gracious of you to do this. Do you have any closing thoughts, anything that you want to leave folks with to think about? Um, yeah, I mean, when you think of something that, say, you know, say you're, you think that you, you can't do or you're, you know, you're trying hard to do, I think if, if you just keep, you know, practicing and doing what you think is right and 
what makes you happy, I think, is a huge part of it. And, you know, I think that's what will take you far. And, and yeah, just keep doing what you love. A message of positivity. I love it. Yeah. Mo, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope, sometime. After another win. Maybe I'm good luck. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. I mean, heading, heading over to um, Lake Tahoe and then to Hawaii to train for Molokai. So I'll be lucky I'll be home, you know. But, yeah, thank you again so much for letting me have this chance to be on Talking talking Story with you guys. And, and hello to everyone who's listening. And thank you for all the support that everyone's giving me. All right. 